Music Talks with DMB Audio Technic. Welcome to the Headliner Radio podcast. Today I'm joined by Ollie Jacobs, who's the head engineer at Real World, which is Peter Gabriel's recording studio in Wiltshire here in the UK. Ollie, how's it going today, man? It's going good, thanks, Colby. Nice to chat. Nice to be here to uh, yeah. speak to you today. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, it's great to have you on the show. How have um, how's this week been for you? Have you had a have you had quite a busy one? Uh, it has been quite a busy one. Uh, I've been up in London for a project, uh, and now I'm kind of had a little bit in real world, and I'm in, I've got a little um, studio of my own um, just outside Bath, so I'm up okay. here today, um, finishing some stuff off. Nice. Um, okay. But yeah, it's it hasn't been too bad, all things considered, given you know we're in the midst of lockdown number two. Um, yeah, yeah. Studios, have, you know, the, the studio's been quite busy. Um, we've had quite a lot of fun projects come through. So, cool. yeah, it's you know kind of lucky to be able to still be going i guess yeah absolutely um i mean this year obviously live events and, and all kinds of gigs have been suspended uh but i suppose on being on the studio side rather than live uh things must have stayed pretty busy this year did you kind of notice an initial change in the workload or, or not really yeah initially it went down a, it went down a bit when we went into full lockdown and we took on more remote mixing stuff okay um rather than um people coming to the studio and for a bit that was great you know it was like cool you know no musicians nobody to look after uh and then after about a month you kind of kind of uh remembered that you do need musicians to make records um, yeah and so yeah. i suddenly started to miss them all um and that led to a few initiatives one of those was called Womad at home mm-hmm. um, that was a collaboration between uh, real world studios and our sister companies uh, Womad festival and real world records okay um and then the studio kind of got busier i guess artists um weren't able to tour so they started to think okay what are we going to do instead we might as well go back in the studio so we we saw a massive uptick in bookings um i would say maybe the busiest six months we've had um and because real world studios is a residential studio it's outside of london people mm-hmm. could come down they could stay the night um they didn't have to you know go on public transport so it kind of became an ideal location for um yeah for, for recording yeah absolutely um i mean i've been to real world once myself it's you know oh, cool. beautiful settings in idyllic countryside in uh in little village of box obviously which is near bath yeah um so it must be it must be quite nice being like quite far removed from the the sort of craziness of the city it's it's a place where people will be happy to come and and work and kind of isolate and and that kind of stuff i suppose yeah, I mean, one of the big selling points of residential studios and real world in particular is it's one of those places that everything's taken care of. So you just, yeah, you know, you yeah. turn up, you, you know, the food's taken care of, the accommodation's taken care of, the laundry's taken care of. Yeah. Um, you know, so the distractions are all gone and people can just focus on making records. And I think that's why we've become, you know, more busy in the last few years as people have kind of mm-hmm. gone back to that way of record making, um, which we're obviously really happy about. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and now we'll come on to the, uh, the WOMAD um, stuff uh, in a bit. Uh, Cause that's obviously um, one of the more recent things that you guys have been doing, but um, just yeah. a little bit about yourself, Ollie, you studied um, classical singing, drum, piano on the, uh, the Tonmeister course at, at the uni of Surrey. <laughs> um, was did you always kind of know you wanted to get into the into the engineering side, though? I think I was really lucky in that I've always known since I was kind of 11 or 12 that this is what I wanted to do. And, you know, I'm, I'm aware that most people aren't, aren't in that fortunate position, but it was kind of since I discovered what a tape player was mm-hmm. and uh, what a record player was, it, I kind of knew that that's what I always wanted to do. And then 
being in a studio was the obvious thing because it combines music and technology, which of the, you know, they're the two things that really excite me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I started a, um, so I started on the Tom Meister course at university of Surrey, um, as, as did a lot of the engineers, um, at real world, although it's by no means the, the only way to, um, go and work in a studio. It is, it is a really good way to get into it. Um, and then, yeah, I, I, I was really lucky. Um, I spent my placement year working for Peter Gabriel, who is the owner of real world studio. So I was, uh, his assistant, who was his assistant engineer for a year. Amazing. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, again, in like a turn of fate, as I was graduating, um, a space became available in the main studio as a kind of junior assistant. Um, so I joined, um, kind of worked under the, uh, senior engineer at the time, Patrick Phillips and kind of learned a lot from him. Um, and okay. then eventually, uh, about two, three years ago, um, Patrick got his own space and, you know, he's still associated with the studio, but he's got his own space in Bristol. So sure. I kind of stepped up to being a head engineer. Um, and now we're, we're quite a big team at the studio. There's um, four or five engineers, um, okay. and a technician. Um, and then, yeah, so I've started to take on more projects outside of real world. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of that slow progression, but, um, yeah, always with music at the center. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Um, and, and in your time working at, at real world, you know, you've been there a few years now has, have you kind of felt like your workflow, your kind of general approach to, to mix in is, is it sort of evolved and changed over the years? Um, is it a little bit different to when you first started? I mean, we would yeah, assume that I mean, it is. Yeah. It's always been based on the project and, um, you know, some projects you're going to, especially when it comes to mixing a record and some projects is really desirable to work in the analog world yeah, yeah. Um, and to mix on a console. And on some projects that just isn't possible with the amount of tweaks you have to do and the amount of time that's required. Um, so on a lot of projects, I mix in the box, um, I, you know, I've been using Pro Tools since day one. Okay. Um, so that's now my, my normal workflow and that's the workflow up at my studios. You know, I've got a control surface, UAD and Pro Tools, and that's kind of how I work. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess in terms of record, well, in terms of recording, um, that, that is also like very project dependent. Um, when it comes to making pop records, we often set up everything in the room and set up loads of instruments that are really accessible. And we, you know, have it so that people can jump on one instrument at a time, um, and build up songs and write in that way. Um, that's one of the amazing things about real world, especially the big room is that, you know, the room is so big that you can set up so much stuff in there. Um, and that's, that's a way that a lot of artists, especially the pop artists that we come in, uh, that we have come in, um, that's how we like to work. Yeah, uh, yeah. But then, you know, on the flip side of that, um, especially with the other room at Real World, the, the Woodroom, there's the ability to do more kind of intimate recording with a group of people. So mm, mm. Um, a lot of jazz records are made in there. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's an amazing space. And then the kind of really cool thing is on a really big session, you can take both rooms, the big room and the Woodroom, and you yeah. can set up across the whole whole place so you kind of get the best of both worlds so again a lot of records where you've got the band you know you want everyone to play at the same time but you want isolation mm-hmm. um you book both studios you set up set up across them uh, we've we've recently installed like loads of video links across the whole room okay um and you can record everyone together so yeah it's it's an amazingly flexible place to work um and yeah the same goes when it comes to analog versus digital you know there's so much kit in both worlds there that uh, um, it kind of caters for most, yeah, um, yeah, most requirements. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I mean, you're a lucky guy to have worked there in that fantastic facility <laughs> for a while. I mean, it's so well equipped, and it's um, like you say, beautifully sounding rooms. 
Um, so it's quite a, quite an incredible thing. Um, what's the in terms of in, during your time during your time there? What's kind of like the main things I suppose that you've learned or picked up? Uh, which were like game-changing moments for you in terms of um, your workflow, <laughs> I guess? Um, I think there's a few. I think the the thing that Peter always was kind of at the heart of Real World is that it's a musician studio, not an engineer studio. Yeah, it's a place yeah. where musicians go to make records. Um, you know, engineers either love or hate having everything in the room together. Obviously, you know, it's very different to a traditional studio in that, you know, the control room and live room aren't, discre- you know, aren't separate. It's one space. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I guess one of the early things I learned is that, you know, you can have all this amazing gear and you can have all this, um, you know, this amazing studio, but ultimately if the music's not good, then none of it matters. So mm-hmm. hence real world's really focused on making sure musicians and producers, um, are really comfortable and really happy in an environment they love. Yeah, for sure. Um, for sure. Yeah. What else has been game changing? Uh, I think kind of realizing that there's no, there's no one way of making a record that's necessarily better than the other. Mm. There's so many different ways you can go at it. And so many different producers have different um, approaches Um, and learning those different approaches has been really fascinating. Yeah, absolutely. And there's been quite a variety of work that comes through the studio as well. Um, Some of your projects, some of your kind of looking at uh, some of your projects here, you've, uh, you recorded a mix two live albums for madness uh, the first of which was recorded at Kenwood House. Um, I remember, I remember that a while ago with the with a forty piece orchestra. Um, yeah, you did records for Paul uh, Walford, collaboration with yep. Diplo. That was number four on the UK singles chart. Subfocus and Wilkinson's LP Portals. Um, yeah, so Subfocus and Wilkinson is a yeah. really great example of how yeah. like you don't have to fit into a mold. I mean, those two guys they work predominantly in Ableton in the box or in Logic or whatever. In okay in the box and so that's a great opportunity that you know we came to real world we split that up as much as possible in that we gave them loads of inputs and outputs and we set up all the gear around the room yeah and um yeah what that meant was we i was able to help them come up with new stuff that they wouldn't have been able to do just in the box sure sure. Um, and yeah not only is it really fun but it, it kind of helps set that record apart for me sonically there's a lot of interesting stuff going on that i think if they just stayed fully within ableton they wouldn't have got the same thing yeah yeah and quite experimental i guess um was there a lot was there a bit of that going on on that record as well yeah i mean to be honest it was a it was a little while ago so my memory's not that great but they've got a the, the inside of the record's a massive picture of the setup in the studio um i mean that record in particular you had we had pianos set up we had like loads of uh analog stuff you know just stuff that makes noise in the room yeah yeah um that we were capturing with microphones uh, so, you know, had a drum kit set up, piano set up, uh, the Leslie from a Hammond set up, we could run stuff through. Um, and all their stuff contributes to making a, like an interesting record that really works sonically. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it can't have been that long ago. It might feel like a while ago for you, but um, <laughs> maybe a couple of years. That was, um, I mean, it was released, uh, I think it was released this year, actually. It was uh, released this year. I think it was a, I think it was a while in the making. I yeah, think it was, a, yeah. it was probably a year or so ago that they were in. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's one of the sessions that I'll I'll remember because yeah, it was kind of unique in that you know we were taking something that you know taking some music that's traditionally made in one way and trying to kind of move it a bit more into yeah. the older way of making records. Yeah, um, so it was really fun. Yeah, interesting, interesting. Um, I I did actually considering that's um, that we're on the on the topic of that. I, I wanted to play one of those records from uh, from that LP um, if that's all right, and let's uh, 
it's just hold on that I wanted to play. Um, Great. Uh, and I'll come back to you in a sec. Great. I love the energy on this uh, on this LP. It must have been pretty fun to work yes. on with those guys. Yeah, I mean, we it's kind of interesting. They they took it away and carried on working on it after the after the studio after the main session. So it was okay. Yeah, it was kind of interesting to hear the final result and how it progressed from what we did. You'll you'll really hear that the very first thing that happens that you know that when uh, I think it's I think it's Mark saying what if it went and kind of does a drum that little beat, intro that at the beginning. You can yeah. hear. Yeah. Uh, you can really like hear the the sound of the big room on that so that's kind of yeah that's how i know that that record was done in that room uh, but yeah yeah there's obviously a lot of electronic elements in there yeah um yeah as well yeah cool cool now obviously the bulk of what you do is um recording mixing records uh i understand you work closely with dmb audio technique and womad as you mentioned earlier uh which is the world of music arts and dance festival and you mentioned Womad yes. at Home, uh, which is yeah. one of your more recent projects. How, how did that um, kind of initially come about? Obviously, through necessity of, of lockdown, I guess, this year. With Yeah, having, I think yeah. Womad at Home came about. Well, basically, we we came across a government grant um, that was offering some money to kind of do something innovative um, in the world of arts. Um, and we thought, you know, with Womad unable to happen, um, and the links we've got with the record label and the studio, it'd be a really good opportunity for us to um, bring some artists into the studio um, as lockdown started to ease yeah. um, and record them as if they were kind of doing a live performance. Um, and we were fortunate enough to kind of get that funding. Um, so we brought eight artists into the studio and we recorded them as live. Um, cool. The real kind of thing with this that we wanted to put, a, that we wanted to be a little bit different from the hundreds of other live streaming concerts happening is that there's no video. Um, and it was all about creating a 360 listening experience. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we've, yeah, as you said, we've already got links with DMB. Um, they they had a stage at Womad Festival. Yeah, um, yeah. the Soundscape stage, which is their, um, yeah, they're like their new. It's not that new anymore, but their uh, sound system. Yeah. Uh, so we kind of were able to use some of their technology in making our performances as well, which was really fun. Yeah, that's really cool. The fact that you were able to um, bring that technology into the studio and provide yep. that kind of immersive experience for, for listeners and, and like you say it's different from the live stream thing um, 
it's kind of interactive in a, in a different way, I guess. Um, yeah, so I mean, for people who don't know about the soundscape system, it has it has two parts to it. One is about being able to localise where the sound's coming from on the stage, and the other part is there's a 360 array that kind of goes all the way around the room. Sure, sure. Um, and we basically tapped into that element, so we had eight to ten speakers set up around a binaural head in the woodroom, and we were able to pipe stuff um, and use their object-based system to localize stuff around the binaural head okay. um, and use their reverbs as well there, which are really amazing sounding reverbs. Yeah. So, yeah, the, yeah. The aim of that whole project was to make it sound like you were kind of in the studio with the artists. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, unfortunately, it's not able, it's not available to listen to anymore. Um, some of the artists will be releasing the, the recordings themselves. Okay. Um, but yeah, unfortunately it's too late to listen now. Okay. Okay. Well, hopefully there's, um, there's a way for us to, get hold of some of the rec- those records have you um can you talk about some of the artists that were involved at all yeah absolutely so uh we kind of started with sarathy core who's uh he's a drummer uh he's kind of in the uk jazz scene uh, okay and um we we set him up as, with a full band in the in the woodroom and obviously this you know these guys hadn't played together for a long time at that point because of the first lockdown yeah, yeah. so they were really excited to just play so they just jammed for a bit um you know, I think they did five or six hours of jamming and we basically took, you know, they're such amazing musicians. We were able to like take sections of that and turn that into a mm-hmm, mm-hmm. performance. Um, we did a similar thing with Voca Gentle. Um, uh, they're kind of in a more of a pop world uh, and they were due to play at Womad this year on the soundscape stage. So okay. it was really nice that we were still able to do something with them. Um, and then we had Onipa. Um, this one was really fun. We, we went outside and did a lot of outside recordings in binaural um, so we were using uh, Sennheiser's Ambio. We were using um, a Neumann binaural mic. And, um, yeah. Uh, so that was really fun. Uh, yeah, I mean, there were... I can go into all of them if you want, but um, yeah, the other kind of one of note was Neinbach, who are uh, Welsh-based, um, and my colleague and friend Ollie Middleton went to Wales and they did a lot of recording in caves. And, oh, wow, okay. Um, yeah, kind of... The whole, the whole idea was about taking people to spaces that they couldn't go to. Yeah, um, yeah. And yeah, it was really fun. It was a really fun project. And obviously we were able to support musicians who didn't have any gigs at that time as well. So it was, it was a win-win really. Yeah, absolutely. Really nice way, I think, of, um, of, of making sure these artists are sort of staying connected with their fans um, in like a meaningful way, but also producing uh, music, which is, um, like say, immersive, interactive, and just, it's nice. You know, people listen to a lot of, of music, especially in lockdown, um, and it's just a, a different kind of experience, isn't it, um, using soundscape? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, being able to, yeah, in, in, a, in a way, m- making it sound like you're there was was the most yeah. important element, or yeah, one yeah. of the most important elements. Um, and the whole thing was about turning off your screen. So, you know, you've had a day on Zoom and a day on your computer, and yeah. this was like, trying to be the opposite of that you know you can turn off your screen you just need to put some headphones on close your eyes just enjoy this for and you're at real world yeah <laughs> yeah and a lot of the performances were recorded in the in the studios at real world again as lockdown eased we're really lucky in that we have such a big space that we were able to have really good distancing yeah um, and still yeah. bring artists in um yeah we're very lucky to have that yeah i mean that big room there it's uh certainly easy to do social distancing in that room isn't it <laughs> yeah <When you're, laughs> yeah yeah, no, it, it it is. Yeah, I mean, we, the guys have, yeah, fortunately, it's been taken very seriously, and you know, we we've been able to operate in a really safe way. So good. Yeah, good. it's it's been really good to be able to do that. Yeah, fantastic. Now, um, obviously, soundscape, uh, the the soundscape stage at WOMAD uh, has been featured for a, a few a few years now. Um, 
and that's yes. uh, it's it's particularly well suited for a, for a festival like WOMAD, isn't it? You know, like a world music festival. It's quite a it's quite a nice addition to this kind of this kind of event. I think. Yeah, I mean, WOMADs for those who haven't been is is a festival. I mean, there are several of them, but the one in um, the UK is just down the road from Real World in Charlton Park. Mm-hmm. And f- for about the last seven eight years, we've had a a tent that's been focused on really high quality audio. Yeah. And so um, about four or five years ago, DNB um, provided the audio for the for this tent, and we called it the Soundscape Tent. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're, you know, we're, again, we're really lucky that DMB are just down the road. So it was, it was kind of, you know, it was kind of destined to happen in some way. And um, they're all big music lovers, those guys. It's quite well. a natural um, sort of collaboration then in that sense. Yeah, it just, it, I think it just became like obvious that this was the way to do it. And, you know, having people that end who, where it comes, you know, it comes from a position of music first yeah, um, was yeah. really important and kind of matched with what, you know, our ethos as well. So, um, yeah, we had um, the soundscape system in, um, in the soundscape tent, um, which, yeah, again, it's, it's kind of an amazing experience for people who haven't, um, witnessed how it works and what it does. The, the main aim is, um, having several stacks of speakers across the front of the stage flown across the front of the stage mm-hmm. and using the object-based system, um, being able to position the, uh, people on stage, um, so that the speakers matched what, what was coming off the stage. That's yeah. a really bad way to describe yeah. it. But if you imagine if you have the guitarist over on the left-hand side of the stage as you're looking at the stage, the they would be mapped to the two speakers closest to them um, or the speakers closest to them. And the effect that has is even if you're standing way over the other side of the auditorium mm-hmm. on the stage, you still hear the guitarist coming from there. Yeah, yeah. So um, it, it makes the localization amazing. Um, yeah, it essentially translates the whole sound stage to, like you say, to wherever you are, doesn't it? And the, the placement of different elements in the mix. Um, yeah, which is really cool. I mean, there's yeah. a 360 element to it as well, which is kind of fun, you know, being able to make stuff fly around the stage. And yeah. a lot of artists used that um, and used the reverb to kind of uh, take the whole audience to a different space. Yeah. Um, the other, th- I mean, the kind of proof of concept for us was um, an artist called Nusrat Fateh Ali Khan, who um, played at one of the first WOMADs um, kind of 40 years ago uh, in 1985. Okay. Um, more than 40 years ago. Um, and he, uh, we, we recorded that in 8-track at the time. Well, not, not me, I wasn't alive, but it was recorded in 8-track at the time. And we were able to take that 8-track recording, um, position the objects within the soundscape stage, and we did a playback um, at the same festival, um, how many years later, mm, mm. Uh, to try and mimic the sound from the 1985 show. Incredible. Um, yeah. So, and yeah, people in the audience commented that it sounded like they were playing in front of you. You know, it's not like it's coming out of a pair of speakers. It was it was coming out across the whole yeah across the whole stage. Um, so that was kind of a proof of co- you know, for me that was like a really interesting experiment as well mm, to be mm. able to be like, you know, just to kind of show how well that works. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And I was going to come on to that actually. Um, what sort of feedback do you generally get from from that stage? I mean, go, it's now gone from a tent to a stage. Um, yeah. What's the do, do you guys obviously get some good feedback from the from the system? The technology is just getting better and better, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, we like to think that WOMAD visitors are people that would really appreciate having sound like that and you know you know there's kind of cursory feedback of people coming up and saying how amazing it sounded and there's kind of more uh, i mean even artists hearing other artists music um yeah it's and especially engineers front of house engineers are consistently commenting on how much easier it is to mix um in that room than a normal, a normal festival yeah. Um, yeah so we have a ssl 
uh, L300 at front of house, sure. um, which uh, yeah feeds into the it's a 64 by 64 matrix that mm-hmm. it feeds into, um, and then we have um, five five or six stacks across the front, and then uh, a ring of 22 speakers around the outside of the marquee. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, but yeah, I mean, yeah, a Ben Findlay who looks after the front of house for that. Um, yeah, we had a chat not that long ago, and he you know he said that people were consistently coming up and you know congratulating him on the sound yeah, um, yeah. which is partly his talent um <laughs> mostly his talent i'm sure <laughs> yeah yeah um yeah it's often the case of like audiences and um at, at these kind of gigs these immersive gigs you know if you can't tell where the sound's coming from then they've done they've done a good job because it's it's all around and it's like all yeah. in, all yeah. encompassing kind of thing it it kind of um it's subtle but very much makes a difference doesn't it yeah absolutely i think i think that's kind of the key of this system yeah um yeah. and it's what they what the guys tried to do from the off so it was really fun to be able to pull that into the studio as well and i think as far as i'm aware we're the first people to kind of use it in a studio environment um okay but it kind of made sense at the time with no gigs happening to try it out yeah absolutely yeah yeah cool um what's the kind of next steps for you guys obviously there's going to be a lot of projects still coming through the studio uh is there any other things uh kind of in the pipeline for you personally or for, yes. for, for womad as well i don't know obviously plans for next year it's all up in the air still at the <laughs> moment like but i think we're very much planning for it to happen next year um, okay unless uh is it usually in june or, or uh, it's july 22nd july. 25th okay. of july next year um okay yeah we I think, you know, unless unless it's physically stopped from happening, the plan is very much for it to go ahead. Okay. Um, we're also looking to continue the Womad at Home um, concept. Um, we're, we're kind of changing it up slightly, um, and we've got a few ideas in the pipeline for that. Um, we've put in some more funding to do that as well. Okay. Um, so we should hopefully be able to continue that um, into the future as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, Fantastic. Yeah, and then, of course, the studio is busy, fortunately, um, with various various bits and pieces yeah um which yeah we're very thankful for <laughs> yeah um yeah cool all right thanks um yeah it's been uh, it's been great chatting to you ollie and uh yeah thank- you too colby thanks thank- so much for your time yeah you're so welcome so welcome and uh it's been really interesting hearing about what you guys are up to i think it's uh it's a really fascinating thing that you, you guys are doing with with the system bringing it into the studio um and creating these uh these immersive kind of experiences these immersive tracks um and yeah it's just uh, yeah we just hope to be able to do it again in in kind of in real <laughs> for real in uh, with with an audience next year yeah let's hope um, fingers crossed um you know we'll return to some sort of normality by the by you know summer next year and uh and you can get out and, and road test it for real yeah yeah hopefully see some of your listeners at the uh, at the soundscape stage yeah, yeah hope so hope so all right ollie um Great. i think it's a good place to leave it you take care and um, we'll catch up soon Thanks again. Cheers, Colin. Cheers, man. Headliner Radio, supporting the creative community.